I put this on silent because I couldn't help but notice you fucked up twice on that Star Sapphire episode. Your phone went off and you got an email. I'm sorry that I'm popular and you're not. <laughs> I'm sure they're all work related. Again, I'm sorry I'm popular and you're not. Yeah. We're recording, by the way. I had copyrighted quotes about big booty bitches, probably. That ain't copyrighted. Some dude, should I shout him out? No, if I click on it, it'll make noise again. Also, I wasn't recording when that was happening. Well, now the, now the listeners have no context, Kyle. I thought that was what you wanted in life. That's Yeah, you're right. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School of Wayward Nerds. The only podcast that sees what you're doing there. It, I don't. I don't it, care. It knows. Go for it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're struggling. Right off the bat, um, I only did, like, some of the script this week. We had to take it in shifts. Oh, I think you, you, you're trying to make out that it was Ethan here. I did most of the work. Yeah, you done good. I did these ones. I did set up and then, like, ten minutes of film. And I have to go back to work. Yeah. But luckily, we have producer Kaya here to... Watched a movie for me on my behalf multiple times. She had to wear one of my shirts, like as a representative of me in my house. I had to try and remember your password a number of times. Mm. Uh, turns out it's hard. Turns out my name is Terry DePaula, and this week it is our end of year Christmas special. That's right, baby, Snowflake Day. And to celebrate, we got to hit a Christmas movie. I don't particularly like Elf. I hate Elf. Polar Express is hard to look at for the extended period of the film's length. I don't think I've seen it since it came out. It's Uncanny Valley. And I don't think I can get my lovely co-host, Kaya, to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 in its entirety. No. Say the thing. No. Fuck. Okay. So we are going with the best one. We are going with 1984's Gremlins. A movie so awesome it had surpassed the fact that it is a Christmas flick. A movie so awesome the MPAA had to make a fucking new age rating just to contain it. A movie so awesome my love for it predates my natural memory. That's right. Fact checking with my mom. <laughs> my auntie was amazing at claw machines. Mm-hmm. To prove her point, she had won a stuffed gizmo. Uh, and I loved the thing and w- refused to give it back. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> makes sense. I've met myself. Child. Yep, and she wasn't going to get it back off me, and so she let my stubborn baby ass keep it, and I still have it on the shelf after all these years, next to the Furby Gizmo. He makes a representation later. Mm-hmm. Yep, so this movie is big. It and Indiana Jones and... The Chamber of Secrets. I don't fucking remember which Indiana Jones specifically. Um, these movies came out, and America's like, these aren't Sesame Street, but they're not porn. We need some sort of middle ground rating. <laughs> and that's how they got whatever their PG-15 equivalent is. P- PG is not 15, it's M15. Uh, see? PG is... Parental, Parental guidance, guidance advised. M is mature. M A is, is mature with assistance. And R is ready to party. I think. It's restricted, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I remember now. 
Do you remember when they used to have like the ads at the beginning of all the episodes? You fucking right, I do. The shit family. The really terrible. International listeners, watch the stupid old thing that we used to have to fast forward on every videotape for like thirty years of our culture. But at least you could fast forward that one. You couldn't fast forward the. You wouldn't download a video game. Yeah, man. You wouldn't download a bus. That's the thing. You wouldn't download your grandma. There's so many like, hey, don't pirate this DVD things you can't skip. And that's... The discs take away the freedom of the oppressed cassette man. Mm. I got notes, so let's take a look at them. <laughs> so the tale begins with a man named Chris Columbus. You know, he discovered America, but then shortly after, he was in a loft one night, and he hears rats scurrying around in the ceiling. And he's like, that's pretty fucking creepy. And it inspires him to bang out a spec script. Um... No intention of actually using it, but to show employers that he could write a script. You know, this was like a resume sort of thing. Now, that would have made for a very short podcast, but lo and behold, it gets in onto Steven Spielberg's desk somehow. It's one of the people he applied for. I like when that happens, because like... Yeah, he's back again for the first time since we since he randomly stumbled into our Medal of Honor episode. There's the thing, there's, there's certain, like, some of my favourite shows come up as like a weird nothing tacked on to the end of an interview and that's what gets picked up like Gilmore Girls isn't supposed to be a thing man it was literally thrown at them on the fly because they didn't seem interested in any other show she was pitching Frank Hemmelwater pitched a movie and the guy funding it's like uh, uh, you got any others and he panicked and he said Frank and Hooker and then he had to work out what the fuck that meant exactly my point but yeah, Gremlins, Spielberg found it to be a very, like, original concept and good idea, and he decided he'd be the executive producer. He's going to get into this. Next, they needed a director. They considered a dude named Tim Burton, but he hadn't done a full-length movie before, just shorts. And I'm kind of glad the movie passed him, honestly. They chose to go with Joe Dante, who had directed The Howl in a few years earlier, proving he was capable of combining that horror and comedy mix they were sort of aiming for here. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, that was the goal here, do a little bit of that. Um, and the first draft didn't seem to get that memo. Yeah. So let's talk about the original version of this movie. First attempt. Billy's mother gets killed. Yay. The gremlins toss her severed head at her son. Yay. The gremlins eat the dog. Bless yay. And they ate a bunch of customers at a McDonald's. That is an unhappy meal. Mm. Which screams killer clowns from outer space burger scene for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so with with all these tweaked out of the finished film, they used to get removed along with Stripe's identity. Originally, Gizmo would have turned, becoming the main antagonist for the film. I'm glad he did. He's yeah. such a little cootie. Spielberg said no to that as well, wanting to keep the mug away in the film because, like you said, it was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, the executives also had a scene they wanted removed, but I might touch back on that one as the film unfolds, because, spoiler alert, Joe Dante refused to remove it, so it's still in there. Yay! I hope I didn't leave it out in my notes. It's... You, you won't. You're fine. I'm pretty confident that that scene is uh, memorable for everyone. One more production thing to touch on before we get into the movie itself is that it is a Christmas movie. 
Now, from what I can tell, and currently my favorite thing to say, is Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Kai put some reverb, reverb down and, and a nice echo. Monkey incompetence. That's right. This movie featured a lot of incredible practical effects and puppetry, even a little stop motion, I think, in there. And the snow can hide a lot of puppeteers and equipment. Isn't that handy? Part of the reason it required so much more puppetry than they originally planned was because trained monkeys didn't like wearing the gremlin costumes. Shock horror! Somewhere in another timeline, there is a terrible gremlins movie by Tim Burton, and it's just chimps in, in disguise. I know where I'm going to get that copy. That is... Oh, I'm, I'm glad Gremlins is what it is, because there is... There was no way that was going to work. Yeah, exactly. Like, There's so much potential I for failure. That, like, this is a great idea. That was a terrible idea. I can see the shape of a chimp in a gremlin with those super long, like, front yeah, but arms I can't see and it stuff. In a, I can't see it in a, in a gizmo. Yeah, but they're like little chubby things. I talk about their height difference. I learnt... This, I have learnt the size comparisons for a gremlin to a mugwai. Did you learn that mugwai is like Mandarin for demon and they start Devil. off kind of... It's, it's, yeah, it's one of those two things. Yes, so, yes I did. And how like they're based kind of on pandas and then dragons. Do you know that mugwai are actually part of Chinese traditional culture? They're not the what, the dragon that looks like a, like a lion, right? No. Cool. I don't like those ones. They're lame. I like the I like the one at the parade, but I could I could care less for the statues. You know, my nan had that. one. It was lame. You know what I say that to you? Hmm? Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cat. You are my cow. Dishonor on your whole family. <laughs> my nan had a ch- like one of those blue and white ornate Chinese dragons for some reason. This Irish woman with her Sicilian husband, and. <laughs> Inside its little teeth, inside its mouth, there was like a little ball that was also made out of the marble, and you couldn't get it out. It's the the same weird fucking brain thing that insists I need to get the little fucking marble out of the ramenade bottle. I've been living with that for forever, apparently. Okay. Um, so I have notes. It says more about you than your grandma. Yeah. However, (laughs) also weird as shit. Entering the movie portion of our podcast... Nearing the end of my portion of the podcast, we open to narration from Randall Peltzer, played by Hoyt Axton. Uh, he, it's it's weird that he narrates the way he does. Only twice, and he lies the whole way through it. Yeah, he does a tiny bit at the start, and then they just abandon that idea, and then he comes back at the end to be like, "Oh, we had a lot of fun today, kids." I wonder. You know? I wonder if the problem was that like it got through the editing process oh, sh- and they started playing it to test audiences and they were like what's going on who is this family how did this man end up with this animal what what is this so they added a bunch of so narration they had to, to add something to be like that's literally I- what happened and that's why it's not throughout the whole film it wasn't written with that. i knew it <laughs> immediately i was like this is the only thing that makes sense nobody had any fucking idea what was going originally, on originally they didn't even show chinatown he was into. He was in another country when he found the. He brought that thing on a plane originally. How do you get Mugwai through customs? I don't know. Uh, it's pre nine eleven. They didn't have customs, did they? He just jumped on it like it was a bus. Unless um, you were Australian, and then you had to go to the sign that said alien. Mm-hmm. 
So, he get, he's being led um, from, like, a relatively noir-looking Chinatown into... Yeah, New York. He, he gets led... We assume. Yeah, he gets led by a boy to his grandfather's uh, weird antique store. Antiquity. Hmm. Antiquilicious. Um, and we learn through the narration that Peltzer has a story to tell, which is kind of ironic when you watch the movie and realise he's out of town for most of if not all of it. Um, in fact, his narration is only like a minute in total. A little intro, a little outro. Anyway, he tells us that he's in Chinatown trying to sell some of his inventions because he's an inventor. And maybe find a birthday present for his son. Christmas present. Yeah. Well, it's Christmas now because we've got to hide all these puppeteers. One not as good as the others. Uh-huh. Inside... Found him and his face. Yeah, he's in there. He's I'll, little... sh- I'll show you later. Okay, great. Inside this little Chinese mysticism store, Peltzer gives his spiel to this old man and tries to sell him what is essentially just a Swiss army knife, but for, like, brushing your teeth. Poorly. Um, he, 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 only, he gets distracted by the strange purring, chittering sound of a weird animal in the back. You know what I'll give um, Randall? Hmm. He never gives up. He does his best. His inventions suck ass, but he's so dedicated. Who just believes eventually it'll work. Hmm. Fantastic inventions for a fantastic world. I make the unimaginable. No, fuck it. I'm tired. I did the first bit though. But, like, you've got the Swiss Army bathroom thing, Mm -hmm. his smokeless. Um, cigarette trade. Which seems to produce more smoke, smoke. yeah. He invented a smoke bomb. Watch out, because later on in the movie, the orange juice machine that manages to get more juice out of a single orange than I can see in a three-litre container of orange juice. Which is all funny and stuff, but he invented, like, those fancy, smart Wi-Fi light bulbs and blue juice. Yeah, they're not even clappers. Yeah, he made the little dimmer switch. That's fucking... I was like, hmm, it's weird that that's just a bit... However, you, you also... Can't answer the phone. Because that's a remote control. Always working the kinks automated out. Automated system. He's always working the kinks out of things. He should finish an invention before he sells it. From what I've seen, though, he never sells it. He just gives it away. First taste is free, baby. Okay, back to back to the Chinese shop and the humming chattering. Yeah, he, he wants the animal that we don't get to see yet. He wants to buy it for his kid's birth, uh, Christmas. I wrote birthday present knowing damn well it was a Christmas movie. What the fuck was wrong with me? I did try and correct you. He offers $200 for the pet, which due to an impressive level of economic dystopia we find ourselves in, that's almost 600 bucks in today's junk ass money. Which? In American. So that's probably like a grand for us. You, you said this fact to me earlier, and mm-hmm. the more I think on it, the more that's still cheap. Most puppies these days are over, like, two grand. Yeah, no, but the kid's reaction to the $200 on the table is like, holy shit, and I'm like... Yeah, but he's like eight. He's like ten. Maybe. But the old man doesn't want to sell this pet. But the grandson will. That's right. Me and me at the back at the store, and as soon as I can sneak this thing out. And outside the store, Peltzer gets the three rules, which I was going to write better. I've written sunlight sucks, water sucks, midnight snacks are tempting, but not good either. <laughs> Would you like me to correct your sentence? Do you want to bring them up as we go, or what? Do you want to talk about it now? 
I can if you're happy with your three rules. <laughs> They're not wrong. Okay, so I mean... here's the thing. Um, bright light, bright light. Oh no, I'm saving that one till last. Okay, water makes the multiplier. Okay. In a really horrific birthing scene. Mm-hmm. Eating after midnight makes them cocoon and do the thing. But sunlight and bright lights reveal how bad the the kills, special effects it kills are. the illusion. Yeah, and that, that's why that is a rule. <laughs> I love that detail. It's like, these two are for story. This one here is for helping the movie last. <laughs> Help get us in seats. So we hard cut to Christmas as Rockin' Ricky Rialto plays Christmas songs on the radio like an asshole. Radios that play Christmas music are the worst radios. And we see the town square of Kingston Falls, which is also the town square of Hill Valley and Back to the Future. And Fallwell and Mistress of the Dark, baby. And Stars Hollow and Gilmore Girls. Is that the the courtyard? The Mm -hmm. square? Mm Alright, cool. Because this uses a lot of sets that are still tourable in LA. It's in it? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, the alleyway. Down beside um, Dosie's Corner. I don't know what it is in this film. Yeah. And what's on the other side of Dosie's? I think it's just a store. I'm just checking because I've, I've blurred them at this point because Mrs. Deagle's at the other place. Yes. Well. Yes. Different. different. Mrs. Deagle's bottom half is somewhere else. The top half is the window that is just up from the square. Ladies and gentlemen, we we toured the Warner Brothers studio. And we really upset the tour guide because we knew more than he did. Yeah, well. Alright, so we're, we're looking around this nice courtyard that we've seen a million times in a million things. Um, as people do Christmas shit, like buying Christmas trees, having snowball fights, what have you. Billy and his dog are trying to start his little Ted Bundy beetle. You know, the little car, like Herbie. Um, and Billy is played by Zach Galligan, who honestly I haven't seen in other stuff. Like, I haven't seen the Waxworks movies or Hellraiser 3. I just know him from Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Um, he's in a lot of small horrors though, so I reckon I'm going to cross paths with him eventually. The way I surprisingly the, with the movies idea. that I watch. Um, yeah. So he's played by that. And he's with his dog, who's named Barney. I forget the other movie the dog's in. And um, we meet his neighbor, Mister Futterman, and he talks to him a little bit. He's he's a nice enough guy. He's he he's supportive of Billy's comic art. Because mm-hmm. that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to be a comic artist. He's supportive of American industry. Yeah, he doesn't like foreign technology. But that was because of the origin of Gremlins as a Western concept. We discussed this. Yes. Oh, this this is where I explain Hand- what a Gremlin is. Handballing to you, because there was a Walt Disney one, so you automatically know a bunch of truth. So that also, I'm a World War Two, World War One buff. Like, that's, that's my area of history that I specialize in. All the all the shit too nerdy for me. Well, we man, have- I'll see you at, <laughs> sit you down one day. We'll talk about Vladimir Republic. Um, so gremlins were something that arose during World War Two, um, particularly in the European battles front, mm-hmm. and it was believed that um, most mostly China, but all of Asia were dropping off these bugs known as gremlins that would take over planes particularly and crash them. It's essentially glitches and malfunctions. Um, and they've kind of seeded themselves somewhat into pop culture 
because it's a good way to, like, everyone's likes, like, the cheeky little, like, they're never, like, malicious. They're just, like... I didn't fuck up the coding on my old laptop. A gremlin was in there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a way of explaining away when you fuck up. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, you know, tried to update my TV, but I turned it off halfway through. Must have been a gremlin. Because, you know, foreign TVs. Hmm. Like, it, a it secret admirer gave me a bouquet of whoopsie daisies. That's on them, and that's on you. But, and, and yeah, Mr. Futterman is a war he, veteran who clearly carries over. He's a, you know, blue-blooded American... And I asked As you this when we were watching. Because he literally... The more I thought about it today, the less sense it makes. Why does he have, like, a plow and... Because it's American. But he doesn't... That whole... That's his tractor. He see, drives that. That's his car. On, but we see that at the end. There is no farmland near that suburb. No, that's literally his fucking vehicle to get around town. And essentially it's there to be a weapon later. No, because so, later it's a plow, it's not the tractor. They're two separate vehicles. He's just living large, man. He's cool. But, like... No, no, you need to be thinking more about the fucked up thing. He knew about gremlins that exist in this canon. When they attack him later, he points and goes, It's a gremlin. He knew what the fuck they were right away. This is true. So I think gremlins is an actual World War thing in this universe. Like, I w- I photographic would, evidence, I w- perhaps. I would like to point out, though... Hmm. Gremlins in this film, yeah, about three foot tall. Yeah, yeah, they're funny. In Walt Disney's film about gremlins, dorks, maybe like two and a half inches. Yeah, yeah, you could throw an apple at it and kill it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I that's how it's I measure a, things in size. But what Walt Disney's gremlins have over yours? Dumb hats. They're in little aviation flight suits. Yeah, they're dweebs. They're so adorable. So, Mister Futterman, who's he played by? Kyle? Our favourite man in the universe. I wonder if you'd be able to pick his name, but that's the thing about Dick Miller. Everyone knows him from something. No one knows his name. He's a stealth actor. Um, he, he's, he's in so much shit, man. He was, he was the first guy to die in Chopping Mall. Yeah. Remember that? I think we did that on the podcast. We have. Uh, bucket of Blood. He is the guy with the bucket. <laughs> um, he's in so many other things. He played Boxy. You know the gambling dude in that Harley Quinn episode of Batman? Yeah. He had a mustache. I fucking didn't know that was him. That's what I mean. He is stealthy as hell. I didn't pick that. Um, and people might know him from, like, Clueless or Terminator 1 or Small Soldiers. He's a bit like Abe Sapien, dude. Hmm. You know him, but you don't know that. Yeah, exactly, him. yeah. So, um, Billy... Also... G- yeah. Random fact. Hmm. Dick Miller was in the Navy. So that's why you know what a gremlin is. I'm, I'm there. I'm saying it. Yeah. So, giving up on getting his car to start, Billy and his dog Barney just walked to his bank job. Past a Burger King, which seemed weird learning about the McDonald's murder scenes in the first draft. It's weird that they, A, have a Burger King the opposite, and that it's in the town square, like it's right in an accessible area for the film. I'm like, mm, I wonder how... Far that scene made. They, they approached McDonald's and they were like, hell no, you're not killing people inside our stores. And they were like... Can we dress a gremlin up as Ronald McDonald? And they just already escorted out. <laughs> but yeah, I found that weird. Um, so once at the bank where he works, we meet Kate, 
who is played by Phoebe Cates, uh, Linda from Ridgemount High, or Elizabeth from Drop Dead Fred. Um, she's like our sweet little love interest and co-worker of Billy. Mm-hmm. He likes her. He has a crush. She definitely have a crush on him too, though. Mutual crushing. Um, and she briefly helps him catch up on the morning shit he was late for before we meet Mrs. Deagle. A bitch so self-absorbed and mean that she is one of the few kills that was never considered to be removed from the script. Okay, I go into that later. A lot of her... I'm able to write out most of the deaths with... You don't actually see, you know... They let her. They they let that one ride. Yeah. (laughs) But they cut out like all of her story arc anyway. (laughs) Like this. Oh, she's not that important. Get her out of here. Kill her though. (laughs) Um. Maybe the actress had uh, something to do with that decision. I didn't write it down, but she was gonna sell the neighborhood for like a toxic waste dump or something crazy like that. Well, that's why she's mean to the the woman with the two children. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, she's fucking moving off their real estate. Because I couldn't work out why, why like, that was the in bank the movie? is so in her pocket. Mm. But she's not like an owner or anything. She owns, she's like, just a random bitch that banks there. She owns a shitload of the land and she's making a move for the rest of it. Mm. So she can sell it for toxic waste. That, that would have... Fitting into the old man at the end saying like Americans are greedy and shitty and waste all their natural beauty like the suburbs. I, I just like... <laughs> I would completely cut her from the story or leave in enough that that makes sense. No, kill her though. Um, she's played by Polly Holiday, who appears in quite a few things. Kai Great might name. know her from Mrs. Doubtfire or Lindsay Lohan's Parent Trap or Stick It. Oh. You know, the one that's Step Up but the other one? Stick It is actually really good. You know where you can stick it. Ah, that's funny. Um, so, where were, I have notes. They're over here. She, yeah, she rocks up at the bank, like you said, to complain about Barney breaking her fancy snowman. Um, she wants she wants Barney to either torture or kill a bit of both, maybe. Well, either she's going to be nice and take him to the vet and have him put down, or mean and she's going to put torture him, him herself. Yeah. So the dog who Billy brings to work with him jumps onto the desk. It's not a little like dog either. No. It's like a very scruffy, mangy thing. So the dog jumps on the desk and scares the shit out of her, and we meet Billy's boss and another co-worker played by Judge Reinhold, whose entire story arc is mostly a deleted scene cutting room floor. So don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. We don't need him. Yeah. He's in on the whole toxic conspiracy, I think. And then he locks himself in the vault when the gremlins attack, and he starts to like go insane. See, but he's just sleazy bank man, because he hits on... You recall they go into the bank... Kate tells, like, her story, and then they leave the bank. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, because they don't run into him, because it doesn't I, matter. I get into hell with that scene. Is. I'd be very curious to see, like, like the, the fucking the Snyder cut of Gremlins. So when we go to Max Overdrive, there's going to be, like, three cuts of this full? Yeah. Cool. That's the thing about those mid-90s, late-80s, that whole fucking era of movies, is they're a fucking mess. <laughs> And the they're thing. so charming. Like, people are so annoyed that films these days go for three hours. This no. is why. No, it's because they explain too much shit. We yeah, need... but these films don't explain anything. Yeah, yeah, but do I need 20 minutes telling me why getting them wet's fucking dumb? No, not really. I don't... It's fine. I just know not to get them wet. Yeah, but that's not part of what was cut. If you left in Mrs. Deagle is trying to sell off the town for any reason... Suddenly, that gives you more, like, 
<laughs> understanding of all of her scenes. She's only like... No, her entire story arc in the finished film is she doesn't like the dog. And she's a bitch to that woman for no reason. And that woman goes and begs the bank manager for no reason. And she has a bunch of cats for no reason. She has the cats to show you that she's greedy because they're all named after different forms of foreign currency. Not how I read the scene. She's a crazy cat lady. It's because she's lonely. No one fucking likes her. I wonder why. Is there something horrific that she's doing? Yeah. Having more than like four or five cats. You can't dead air at me. This is more your episode than mine. I can because I'm the one that has to cut out all the dead air. So, uh, Judge Reinhold's character is in the next scene, though. Mostly just there to establish Dory's tavern and Kate's side job. Mm-hmm. Um, it also shows that um, Billy's working on his comic art and stuff. Um, Again, which, no point. No, it's totally a point. Because that actually saves his ass in the fucking sequel. And it's also a good thing, because the guy complimenting him at the bar is Chuck Jones. One of Warner Brothers' like really famous animators. So him being like, your drones are cool. It's like, mm, it's nice. That's like Stan Lee coming up and saying, you're really good at taking credit for other people's shit. <laughs> the problem is that Chuck Jones probably true of the story. Fuck, he probably did, eh? <laughs> he's like, mm, that's a nice hour. I'll have to go back and check if his autograph's on it. I bet you Like the dude who did the stupid Batman picture in the 89 movie signs Bob Kane. Like he fucking drew anything, huh? Um, Alright, so after the little bar scene that's just there to establish a few things for later, um, Billy heads back home to his parents' house. He's not a basement comic geek, though. He's one of them fancy la-di-da attic comic guys. I'm not sure. Like, I know he is in the attic, but like... I wonder about the rest of that big ass... His dad is upstairs when he goes to his office. Yeah, I didn't like that line either. Like, I don't understand how this house works. Nah. Do they have multiple attics? It don't matter. I was more wondering about why he lives in the attic. Is a family of three in one of those giant American suburban houses. Yeah. There's like four or five just unmanned rooms in that house. They're no, probably they're full of fucked up inventions. inventions. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and at this point, Miss Clydesdane takes over because I went, uh, I, that was where I finished. I hope the rest is, of the movie's good. Is there any sentence under that? Because my next sen- sentence doesn't make sense. Let me see. Billy's mom is... Oh, yeah, because we're back Lynn. in his house. Yeah. His, his mom name we is made his Lynn. Mm-hmm. And she's played by Frances Lee McCain. Also known for her roles in Back to the Future, Footloose, a ton of other shows and movies that I'm not going to get into. I feel like this episode is dragging out, but why the fuck do I have to listen to Fuller's on the goddamn local radio every single day? And we can't play Eagle Rock anymore. I'm going to kill a radio host. (laughs) Cool, cool, you know, thing. She reprises her role as Lynn in Lego Dimensions. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, she was in it? most of the original characters. Gizmo reprises his role... Um, Mr. Futterman reprises his role, apparently. But I have to pay for a Ghostbuster to get in a clamp tower, and that bugged me. Yep, and you probably can't do it anymore. So Lynn has this amazing ability. She is able to cut onions without even looking at her hands. And we learn that the inventions around the house only seem to last a few weeks before they start to malfunction. But never mind, because Randall has arrived home to give his son a nice early Christmas present. And the sword falls down every time. Yes. While Billy is hoping for a new cu- uh, a new puppy, and his dad 
jokes about it being a new car. They've got they've all got pretty good chemistry, honestly. Like that whole family it's is pretty very believable. Yeah, I, I like that shit. That's good. Um, he opens the gift to discover Gizmo. Mm-hmm. Um, Gizmo is voiced by Howie Mandel. Who's the bald dude who, like, judges stuff, I think. You keep saying that, but I went through his IMDb and I have no idea who this man is. Um, Gizmo is a name that Randall has given to the little creature, traditionally known as a mugwai. Did you know? devil in Cantonese. Did you know in the comic um, adaptation or the novelization, I forget which one, there's a lot of extra details that are probably just trimmed out of the, like, from the script. Um, he's an inventor. And he named the Mugwai Gizmo because it was fucking around with, like, his little gadgets and gizmos. Makes sense. I never thought about it, honestly. I was like, huh, that's cool. I'm glad they gave an origin to his name. Um, for those playing at home, mm-hmm. a Mugwai is a foot tall. They are very cute and extremely curious creatures with oversized ear. Think of a weird Furby, but cute. Furbies were based on... The gizmo thing. <laughs> Hence the reason. Which is, it's funny the, that it's cycled back around. Gizmo Furby makes perfect sense, mm. as normal Furbies do not. Modern Furbies, not a thing. Not about that life. Um, Randall repeats the three rules. Don't put them near bright lights, don't get them wet, and don't feed them after midnight. The following day, Pete comes around to drop off a Christmas tree, and Billy introduces him to his new pet. He's played by Corey Feldman. Who played Tommy in Friday the 13th? Only as a child. He gets aged out. It's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, while showing off his new pet, Pete accidentally tips over a jar of water that lands on Gizmo. Um, next moment, five furballs rip themselves out of Gizmo's back in a slow growing to reveal five more mugwai. Mm-hmm. However, these five are immediately different from the original. Um, they seem to form a bit of a small game. I think because they, like, get bred together, they form, like, a pack. But, um, when they... That scene, like, the table that they're popping out on... Mm -hmm. Um, if you listen to our Shadow episodes, we talk about how the DC Comics run of the Shadow was more often than not the fucking worst part of him. Mm Mm-hmm. They're doing this scene on one of those issues, I reckon, as the cover. Nice. I don't remember if it's one of the bad ones or the good ones, but it's one of them. There's a lot of, like, cool horror and sci-fi comics and references just in the background Films. of stuff. Yeah. Because this is what this is trying to be. It's That's why all the sets are purposely designed to look like fucking sets. Yeah. Because it's aiming for a B-grade drive-in. It makes sense that this was, like, a childhood movie for me because I was excited Tammy and the T-Rex is referenced in that new video game. <laughs> um, back, back to my notes, you got some notes there? Um, they sm- form a small gang mm-hmm. with Stripe, the Mugwai with the little Mohawk, appearing to be the leader. Stripe is better than Mohawk. Spider Mohawk is better than Stripe. Flashing Gremlin is better than all of them. <laughs> he fucking is. I thought you meant the electric one. But he's... for. You'd think he'd be more formidable. We should talk about this when we get to the sequel. But they put him on hold. Mm-hmm. That's fucking lame. <laughs> he gets trapped in, in the hold. It's fine. Um, Billy informs his dad that when you add water to a mugwai, they multiply. Randall, ever the businessman, begins thinking of ways that he can profit off this new discovery. However, later that night, we see just how um, 
mischievous these new creatures are. Devious little bastards. When it's alluded to the fact that Stripe hung Barney up by the house's Christmas lights. Because they couldn't eat him. Weren't allowed to eat the dog in the film. However, while trailing um, different inventions, the family... So the dad's sitting at the table and he's like tinkering away at this weird fly trappy thing. Um, They agree not to blame Mrs. Deagle for it. Because they have no proof. There's no footsteps in the snow. Mm -hmm. Who tied up that dog? They all all pretty sure it's her, but... I don't know yet. Um, Billy then takes Gizmo to his former science teacher in order to get some answers about the Mugwai and what they are. Later that evening, Billy happens by Mr. Fodderman and Kate leaving Dory's tavern. I like the fact that, like... I don't know. He might go in, like, the early afternoon, but but the time in this film is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Fodderman has clearly been at the bar a little bit long and once again is complaining about gremlins being inside all the machinery. Even mentioning the story that I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I wrote these notes as if you were going to read them, so I referenced myself by my first name. That's you. Um, Bill ends up walking Kate home, and for the first time in his very long life, he realised that the holidays aren't necessarily a happy time for everyone. That said, um, Kate is very explicit about how horrible the holiday season can be for some. Christmas isn't fucking perfect. You should kill yourself. She does talk about suicide rates and, like, slitting of wrists. And she does come from a um, Russian, Jewish, and Chinese heritage, if you research the actress for a little bit, trying to work out the other movie you remember her from. Um, it was Drop Dead Fred, by the way. Never seen that film. It's got the guy from Young Ones in it, so it's cool. The mood is instantly changed, however, when Billy asks Kate on a date. She's sad, but she's still down. Apparently. She's down a clown. The scene changes to Roy Hansen, the science teacher from earlier, mm-hmm. played by Glenn Truman, taking a blood sample from his mugwai. So when they went into the thing, Billy put like a single dot and then it split. Left him with one. Left him with one. Oh, fuck. What was its name? Its name's like Earl or something. God damn it. I didn't know it had a name. It's just the other mugwai. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Roy also makes the mistake of not cleaning up his desk, which... Makes your cleaners very mad at you. Also, the security system in that school must be amazing. That's a, that's a sarcastic joke. It's not very good. However, we can't blame him too much as Billy also makes the same mistake and feeds the five new Mogwai a plate of chicken, believing that it is before midnight. Only to find out the next morning that someone or something has chewed through the cable on his clock. After the midnight snack, the gremlins turn into que- super gross gooey eggs. You're not allowed to question when they're allowed to start eating again, because if you do, they jump scare out and kill you. Really? In the second one, one guy's like, well, when can you feed them? And one fucking just rips his throat out immediately. It's like, yeah, that's right. Shut up. Um, Don't worry about it. Roy explains that the Mogwai have en- entered their pupil phase mm-hmm. and are, like the ugliest butterflies, going through their metamorphosis. Face. Amazing. Sorry. Apparently that word doesn't work in my brain right now. Edit it back in later. Metamorphosis phase. Oh. Ha. It's a pupa stage. That's what I said. A pupil. No, that's a student. Pupa? No. They're in a, when the eggs eventually have to attract 
He's gremlin using a little chocolate ball. Oh man, I love that in hindsight because he's trying to the the chocolate of choice that he's trying to get the gremlin to come out of hiding in is a Snickers. Mm-hmm. What's you're not you thing? when you're hungry. You're not you anymore at all, or something like that. I don't think that's what it says in the commercial. No, it's just you're not yourself. You're not you when you're hungry. Yeah. Um. However, the, the approaching it with a chocolate bar goes about as well as approaching your girl with one while she's PMSing. Adding this guy he to the list. He gets bitten and left for what we can only assume is dead. He has a needle in his butt because having like a hot, like dozens of hypodermic needles jammed into his face was deemed not good enough for the film. <laughs> Let's change that. Um, he we also... never see a cause of death, so we can't be sure that he's actually dead. Like I said, originally he was just more dead. Right, Writing off this death. He also falls into the... This movie comes into that category of the black guy dies first. Could... could which is an astounding amount But of he them. might not be dead. He might just have passed out from the shock. No, well. Billy, however, gets the opportunity to be jump-scared by a gremlin. Throws an apple at which him. Which is loose in the high school. Uh-huh. He does... Well, he throws an apple at him because... Have you noticed, and it will come up later in, in my notes, they don't eat healthy food. They only eat crap. Because they're cool, they live large, they party hard, that one drinks the beer, that other one smokes the cigarette. No, they're just he cool. doesn't smoke the cigarette because he hates when she tries to light No, the ones that are pre-lit, they smoke those ones. They just don't like lighting them. Mm-hmm. Someone has to light them and hand them over. Um, they would love vapes. Anyway, <laughs> we, we get our first real look at the gremlins themselves. Mm-hmm. They appear far more reptilian and have grown by two feet. Yep. Meaning they're three feet tall. They've got big long arms and big claws and they giggle. A lot. They're having a ball. When I love them. <laughs> we then watch as Lynn transforms from doting domestic housewife to kind of the chick from, killer. Yeah, to the chick from Aliens. She turns the blender on one, mm-hmm. stabs another one multiple times, and then explodes a third in the microwave. Remember how I pointed at the one like trying to pull the knife back out of its chest futilely in the background and yeah. how that's kind of fucked? Originally, the film, like hung on that guy for a little bit before the microwave guy and they were like I we all all the test audiences feel so bad for that one gremlin can we just like not show that but it's in the background of the next shot anyway so it's you can feel bad for him if you want um this all this scene also manages to make christmas carol super horrifying hmm because it does the really like slow play of um can you hear what i hear yeah uh, also, this film has a really great soundtrack considering the fact that, like, the only actual music in it it's Christmas is shit. Christmas carols. Mm. I like um, the theme of the, the Gremlins have because it's very, like... Yeah, it's, it's mischievous as fuck. But then there's, like, actual horror tones throughout. But their main, like, theme is, like, goofy ride. But that's the thing. <laughs> they're not supposed to be, like... Stripe aside... Everyone else is just pulling shenanigans. Yeah, they're fucking delightful. They kill every, they kill a bunch of people, but like, aren't but they not, fun? But not at their hands. Like, one of them is messing around with the traffic lights. He's just playing with the sparky, sparky electricity. Didn't make he a doesn't know what a traffic light is. They're living like GTA. They're living large, man. It's great. Um, it's great until Lynn is almost strangled by a Christmas tree. Do you want to talk about the Christmas tree falling on her? I wasn't going to, but we can. Yeah, because she's going around the house systematically massacring all the gremlins. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that one fucking toy in the thing. Well, no, she massacres the stocking, and the toy falls out, and she's like, "God damn it!" 
Well, there's one in the that's room. That's when the tree gets her. Yeah. No, that's when that man in the red sweater gets her. No, he just pushes the tree. He attacks her with the Christmas tree. And then with a runs really fast. He doesn't want to be in the shop. He's wearing a red sweater. Yeah, he's... Why didn't he wear a fucking tree-coloured shirt? Because he went to work that day wearing a red sweater. If he dressed more camouflaged... Spoilers for everyone. It's, a, it's the effect guy who's puppeting the fucking gremlin and pushing the tree onto the onto Lynn. And that probably was fine on an old CRT in a video cassette. And if he'd worn something a little less obvious than a bright red fucking I'm Murray from the Wiggles sweater. I actually saw his face before I saw his sweater. Because we knew to look for him because I bring it up every time we watch this movie. If he'd maybe been a little more camouflaged, people might have made it to the Blu-ray to notice him. But they got him at the DVD. Got his it, ass. It, it's not easy. Is like, it? it's a little bit hard. I know, but, like, it's hard not to see him now. That's great. Um, Billy saves the day, however, because he sword. lops the gremlin's head off with a sword and then it flies into a fireplace. Fuck yeah, got him. <laughs> Done. The gremlins make for a good skull. Anyone playing at home? Four down. Uh-huh. Striped, go. Yeah. Because Stripe's the only one that gets out because he blows his nose on the court. God damn, what's his name? And then it, it jumps. Earl somewhere. If that's his fucking... I'm going to Google it. Sure. Um, Billy then tries to be the town hero by taking Gizmo and going after Stripe at the local YMCA. However, Stripe has other plans and dive bombs into the gush gush, known as water. In the fucking YMCA? Yeah, he's in the pool. I'm glad they didn't um, Creating hundreds, if not thousands, of gremlins. Getting ready to take over the town. Billy then decides that this is clearly too much for him. It was Earl. Good. Got his ass. Okay. He's the only known gremlin in the first film that was neither shown nor mentioned to have been killed. Terse one from high school. Bring his ass back for three! Um, he goes to the local police, who are all drinking on the job. They are so drunk and, and so they useless. they are so wasted. But this is before Americans had tragedies, so police could be, like, charming goofballs. Remember the, remember the fucking incompetent <laughs> dude in, um... The Killer Clowns movie. Yes. If every single person in your town calls you panicked and upset that they're getting murdered by a clown, at a certain point you have to stop thinking it's a prank. You have to at least investigate one of these murders, dude. Well, that's... And until, like, the calls start coming in about different things happening. They, they go to a car accident. They don't give a shit about the warnings no, about little green dudes. No, no, no. They're not even going to a car accident. They oh, just the fly through the town. They get the call for the fun. Yeah, I got, yeah, I remember now. You're right. Freak they're, accident They're with literally the just driving through the town, and then they stop because Mrs. Deagle flies <laughs> out the freaking window. Because they're driving, and while they're driving through the town, poor Mr. Fudman... Just trying to watch his funny Santa Claus on the TV. He's not even having fun. No. Has to deal with those annoying little gremlins in his non-American TV. You know, the Xena 30 references is one of like the only American-made television systems at the time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes outside to check if there's something happening with his aerial. And then he gets attacked. Your notes are getting really confusing, but this is right when... You know, they've all come out of the YMCA in droves. I like that shot, too. You know where, like, it's, like, just a dark, like, street in the night and you can just sort of see the road in the snow? 
and like one comes out That's and he's strange. kind of stop motiony and he turns around and like mutters some gremlinese and then just like swarms of them come through. I love that shot. Yeah. The effects on it aren't that great. They don't sort of hold up no more. But it's still like a really cool shot. And then and then it's just cut in between like Chaos. dozens of them pulling shenanigans. And that's the thing. You have one of them is playing in a mailbox. Yeah, one of them's just biting people's Cause, hands. Because the... No, well, originally... I think he's biting. Well, the, the pastor puts his letter in and it spits back out at him. Mm. So he's like, well, that's weird. And he waits for another dude to come up. The typical priest throwing a fucking man under the bus like tries that. Tries to shove a package in. He definitely gets a finger. Either licked or bit. He seems very unimpressed he by it. He done got bit. You've got the other one that is playing with traffic lights. Yeah. And he's interested. There's like four fun. of them just beating the shit out of a Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> That's you so ha- good. You have them dressing up as carolers and singing to Mrs. Deagle. I love that while scene. While one sneaks inside to like... To fuck with her. Mess um, with a little stair chair contraption. Yeah, the, the, the little chair things for old people and... Um, wheelchair bound yeah um i like when she opens the door and they're all wearing little costumes and singing a song that's how you know they're not monsters they are just shits and giggles monsters but and that's imagine, so good okay that seems great do you remember what she had in her hands water a bowl of water she didn't throw Can you it on imagine them? if she chucked a bowl of water at those gremlins and they, and they started like yeah she would have lost her crap she clearly thinks that the devil is after her, though, because she's like, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not old enough for this. There's nothing more... Like, she's 100% n- certain she's going to hell. There's nothing more stoic and grim reapery, like four gremlins just shouting at you in the street. Speaking of people shouting at you in the street, Santa is just being overrun by, like, four dudes. He's like... Yeah, they've just bum-rushed he, he Santa Claus. He makes a good run for, like... 10 feet and then just slowly goes down. He makes it to the police car where the, they are too panicked to help him. The cops wind up the window and drive off with the sirens going. With their brakes cut. Well, they don't know that yet, do oh, they? Oh, spoilers. Um, which ends up with them swerving to avoid a truck and then, like, flipping their car while explosions go off. I love practical effects that you can see in the stove protector, like... Yeah. Like, underneath their car for flipping purposes. It's great. It reminds me of, like, the old movie world fucking action show that we shat on when we did our movie world episode. That's crap now. It's just the Ute show. Um, it's funny when they botch it, though. Remember that? That dude was so mad. Um, Billy finally gets a win, however. His beetle starts up, meaning he is able to go and save Kate, who was at her shift at Dory. Dory's. Dory's tavern. I've spilt it. That's another scene Dory. of just bullshit chaos, and I fucking am so there for it. Um, turns out, gremlins love adult shenanigans. They love doing cool shit. Playing cool, flash dance, which I don't think they've seen before, but they know the entire playing dance we're looking for. Flashing, <laughs> smoking unlit cigarettes, and robbing a woman at gunpoint. Mm. One of her screams is real because there was a cockroach on the bar. I'm not even surprised that far is. Don't claim. Oh, man, I love every fucking I do, in the I scene. do like There's, the cool jazz like, dude. Yeah, like. the one in the fucking fedora with his cigarette. Pre-lit, because you can't light him in front of him, because the light is too bright and pisses him off. And he's just, like, there, and it's, like, there's, like, a nice moody candle that's playing piano, and he's, like... Yeah. 
he's now he's narrating in Gremlinese, so he's just like, and yeah, and then then like a a, another one just starts hassling him with a little puppet. And then he fucking bonks him with a hammer because he comes out with a second puppet, and he's like, no man. Bonks it. One of them gets shot. I love the gremlins have guns sometimes. I like the ones that are playing video games. Yeah, they're playing they, Star they've Wars. Got, they've, they've got the arcade. That's the old Star Wars um pilot fucking arcade machine. Yeah. Oh, and that fucking hockey. Oh no, I didn't write it down. We're not I, going to the hockey. I'm just just credit where credit's due. We watched a man for like four minutes suss out the exact game on the TV in the background of this. And I was, whew, I was so impressed. Yeah. I tell you what, for the first time in like multiple years, I'm just going to put something on our Facebook page and it's going to be that. Okay. While Toby does that. I'm going to learn how to do that. Billy is able to rescue Kate using the, she kind of rescues herself. She works out at the flat, like, yeah. So she's trying to light their cigarettes for them and they keep pulling away from the light. So she picks up a Polaroid camera and just keeps flashing them with light. And then the burglar one gets, goes to get her. Yeah. And that's that's when <laughs> he He's wearing a balaclava in. and shit. He's great. Um, and they, they manage to get back in the car, which then doesn't work anymore. So they run, make a run for it to the bank. Which is where we learn about Kate's situation. No, we learn about the constitution of a brave man named Joe Dante. Okay. Okay. Just context for this scene. It's written in the script. The executives are like, we can't have them eat a dog. And he's like, okay, I guess that's fine. We can't have them... We we, we don't care about the toxic waste plot. Can that be shaved out? It's like, yeah, that's fine. It's going along anyway. What the fuck is this scene? Is, is, is Kate's origin story supposed to be really fucking funny or weird or sad? And he's like, you don't fucking get it, man. This is everything. This is what the film is. I'm leaving it in. And Spielberg's kind of like, oh, well, it's his fucking movie. Let's just leave it. It's fine. So Kate's, <coughs> Kate's hatred for Christmas yeah. comes from the father that her father dressed up as Santa one year when she was nine, ladled with presents, tried to climb down their chimney... Broke his neck. She tried to light a fire a couple of days later, realized that it smelt really bad. All the smoke was coming through because there was a blockage. And then the fireman opened up the chimney to find her dad dead. Mm-hmm. That's then it. we got to being no outside. It's all good. We learned the gremlins are inside the local cinema. I f- and I love the snacks, they- watching Walt Disney. I love when they try to parody it, too. Like, that scene's wild, and it does what Joe Dante wanted it to do. Like, it is such a weird combination of just bonkers bizarre, because the fact that it's there at all, and just, like, tragedy. Because, yeah, the gremlins are goofy, but they are killing people. Well, so far, Mrs. Diggle's the only one that's actually died. That you think. We don't see anybody. I've counted, like, I think the kill count's only four. (laughs) That's confirmed Five, Five if we include Santa. He goes down. I'm, just, I'm assuming these people are dead. And we're assuming the cops. Six, seven. Yeah, look, there's, there's... It's unlikely, though, because they are drunk, which means that their bodies are a bit more floppy when they land. Yeah. Usually saves you. 
Weird. Um, but they're they're in the cinema watching some Snow White. They are. Billy and Kate manage to come up with a plan, and they create a gas leak in the cinema before blowing the gremlins sky high. However, the greedy stripe has run off into the department store in order to obtain more candy. Turns out gremlins can read. Um, so Billy and Kate run after him, break into the department store, and begin searching for Stripe. This section of the film probably has some of the more horror elements. In the case of, it has a couple of jump scares, which in today's modern age don't really equate to much. It's a tactless way to make your stupid blockbuster seem mildly interesting to vanilla people who fucking suck. I don't even jump at these jump scares, so they can't be that bad. I'm just, just sorry, sorry, I don't, I, I just don't like the current horror uh, tropes. I um, like when they were just dumb. Billy and Stripe end up having their face off mm-hmm. during this, this section of the film, while Kate is just bumbling in, weirdly they have like a back office bit in the roof. I was because probably because of this movie. I was under the impression all those fucking supermarkets had that because you have to have your announcements coming from somewhere. Wouldn't it just be like a back room? It's not going to be like a attic in the room. No, because they've always got that weird fucking window kind of above everything. Okay. Even our local supermarket, in between the freezers where the where the specials that are ice creams and the normal ice creams, there is a stairway. That doorway is stairs. Yeah, but that's to go to the break room. Which overlooks the fucking frozen fruit area. There's no window up there. They don't want to see. But others might. There's one of these in, like, the hardware. I'm going to start pointing them out to you and you're going to get so annoyed by, like, the Billy and Stripe have a face-off in the toy department. They have a face-off section. However, it's in the sporting department that Stripe really embraces his nature. I love that. Firing a few baseballs out of the automatic throwing machine. Sorry, I don't know what it's called, and I couldn't be bothered to Google it. I was going to say howitzer, but that's a fucking gun. You it's know, not d- that. Who cares? It's fine. It's the, However, th- it's the thing from Persona 5. To be honest, that looked like it was actually painful as crap. <laughs> yeah. Because he gets, like, shot in the kidneys, and he goes down. No, I think he... If you go back and look, I I think he hit his... Like, when he, goes, when he reaches... I think it's because, like, when he falls back... Three of the shelves he hits go down, but one of them fucking doesn't, and it's, like, dead on his back. I looked at it, I was like, oh. He definitely hurts himself. He then gets shot with a crossbow. Mm-hmm. Who out here making gremlin size crossbows? And putting them in department stores? It's America, baby. Them department stores is fucking war zones. He then hurdles an old school boombox at Billy. And then in a final attempt, after all else fails... Try to kill him with a chainsaw. I, that's the moment I love. Like, like Billy grabs the boombox to protect himself from another crossbow shot. And, like, the he throws it at the gremlin. That's Stripe. And Stripe, like, scurries away. And he's, like, on the ground, kind of, like, with the arrow in his arm and shit. And Bleeding he, from the head. And- he takes, like, two deep breaths in this chaos. And then you just hear the chainsaw start and there's a moment of like are you fucking kidding me on his face oh i love that um we said that they exploded in the movie theater right yes okay cool that movie theater burned down two years after back to the future um i remember being integral in the telltale game 
Gizmo is mm-hmm. on his way, though, in the shining little red car. It's pink. They've retconned it. All the action figures are red. You look at the pop vinyl, it's red. It was fucking pink. I watched it's okay. It's okay to like feminine colours. I'm not even sure what fucking gender Gizmo is. I don't know. I assume he's a boy because they're kind of all boys, except for like two cases. Um, Are you saying boys don't go in the sun? What, what does he imply? <laughs> that's that's all I know. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Gizmo likes reading comics, watching films, and bright light. I think the one cheated at the poker table is trans. And I'm just going off the assumption that if they come from a male mugwai, they're just uh, also mugwai because, uh, I mean, males. Mm. Because there's no, like, crossing of do DNA want, there. Do it's a weird cloning thing. Do you want to know the weird thing? Gender doesn't matter. Yeah, I know, but I but Greta like who who cares? But Greta Gremlin's so cool. <laughs> I can. This is... She can be a boy. She can be a girl. She could be a they. Doesn't matter. She's Gremlin. I'll tell you what she is. She's mine. I winked. I winked at the camera. This oh, it's a fucking microphone. God damn it! Do it. I need to go to bed. Then what happens? Got a chainsaw. Kate is it's... finally useful. She finds the light switch. It was behind the secret reason, panel. Which of course it is locked away. Of course it took her a minute to find it. It was hidden in the wall like the fucking plants for Arkham City. Um, th- this is enough to save Billy from the chainsaw because in the moment that Stripe loses his focus, he's just dragged across the ground by the chainsaw, which is plugged into the wall like 40 feet away. Yeah, he's been scurrying around with it. That's fine. Adventure. Um, here he's dragged into the garden department. And he happens to find a water fountain yeah, that Kate has accidentally, accidentally turned on. on. Yeah. Um, thankfully, Randall's made his way back to town after being at some convention. Again, the-, the opening narration is, this is my story. And then 10 minutes in, he's like, well, I'm a bounce. And now he's wandering in at the final boss being like, the fuck happened to this town? There's so many dead people just in the street. <laughs> yeah, He seemingly works out what's going on because... He took the dog with him to Grandma's house. To keep her away from Mrs. Deagle. Which is not a euphemism. Euphemism. That moment. Um, he actually took the dog with him. Yeah, to get it away from Bitch Deagle. That's right. But now that she's she's dead, he can bring it. I don't know how he knew that. Um, yeah. It's okay, because Stripe managed to find not only the water fountain, but God. He's very, he's very get, excited about this. Oh, yeah. Jason's so scary. Freddy Krueger's so scary. They're all wearing knives, man. It's all machetes. Who cares? Gremlin can kill you from slightly further away now. So who's really the top dog? Also, he knows how to use a gun. Um, I assume it's because they watch too much TV. So Stripe is climbing up the fountain. He's getting ready to spit. And shooting at Billy, who's, like, trying to Not get, get shot, and- yeah. Well, originally he's like, ha, I'm going to stop you from getting wet. Oh, then shit, he's got a gun. There's, there's one shot and he's like, ha, I'm going to hide in the flower plots. Yeah, well, fuck. Um, but it's okay, because Gizmo comes flying through in his car. Mm-hmm. And he ha- manages to grab onto the cord that holds the shutters the, closed. Yeah, that does the roof curtains. And he opens curtains. all of the curtains, letting in the daylight to burn. The last Gremlin. That's a cool scene, but also, like, there's two of those, like, pulleys, and Grem- uh, Gizmo grabs one of them and it opens all of them. Originally, it was a team effort with him and Billy. No. But, um, Spielberg liked 
the the Gizmo's the, the, the hero. yeah the Gizmo saves the day at the end. And um, Zach Galliv- Galligan found out like at the premiere that him helping in the finale was cut, and he's like, "Well, I can't really say anything because it's fucking Steven Spielberg." <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not going to pick fires with the Berg. You know what? It's fine. I want to have a job after this, so. <laughs> so as the shenanigans wrap up, we learn that the government has already done their cover up, claiming mass hysteria. <laughs> Bitches always say that shit. Um. At which point we get our final jump scare of the film. Do you like him melting, though? No, it's disgusting. That's a good effect, though. And then his little skeleton, like, pops back to life before it, too, melts. Yeah. Again, the the skeletons of a mogwai, of a gremlin, sorry, are pretty bitchin'. It's a good design. It makes sense. It's kind of like a cat. They had to design a gremlin and then build their anatomy from, like, the outside in to make that. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That's gross. I don't mm-hmm. like it. The spice, go for it. Because I was like, I just don't like this part of the film. What's the last jump scare? Grandfather comes to pick up Gizmo. Yeah. He just randomly appears in the living room of the house. Because they fucking shafted him out of the out of his little fella. He's like, yeah, the dad's like, I paid for him. And he's like, um, loose use of that term. Yeah, and throws he, down his yeah, he throws the cash back at him, like, and fuck he, you. And he, like, has a full conversation with Gizmo, and then he's like, I believe there was a box, because you also stole my box. You made, you let him watch television? Um, as he's leaving, Grandfather, that's, that's the only name that I could find for him, um, gives an inspirational speech about how society refuses to learn how to live with nature's gifts. Um, before leaving with Gizmo, Good saying message. that when Billy is ready, the Mugwai will be waiting. Joke's on him. Billy's not ready. He dies. <laughs> well, that's the story. So if your air conditioner goes on the fritz, or your washing machine blows up, or your video recorder conks out, before you call the repairman, turn on all of the lights, check all of the closets and the cupboards, look under all the beds... Because you can't, never can tell. There might just be a gremlin in your house. Final thoughts? That's what happens. That, that, is, that <laughs> is the film pretty much scene for scene. Yeah, it's cool. I like all the trivia for it. I think a lot of my love for like weird... Like the, like the kind of goofier elements of horror... And even, like, the weird behind-the-scenes trivia probably stems from this, too. Because there's always something new to learn watching some of these old, more genuine films. Mm-mm. I don't know if watching... You know what? Endgame's probably a bad example because of, like, all the cameos in the fight with Thanos. But I feel like a lot of current pop movies wouldn't have the same rewatchability as a lot of these older films that we... As we cover on the podcast, we seem to find and learn new shit for constantly. Well, that, and, like, filmmaking has changed so much because it has to be such a fine art and you have to explain where every single dollar is going before you get it. Like, the new Avatar film that came out today, two billion dollars. Two billion dollars. That's two billion dollars that Peter Jackson? Sure. I don't know. Whoever, no, whoever, no, the one that did Titanic. James Cameron. That one. Fucking there it is. I got it. Because he has the song in South Park. Um, 
Yeah, that's two two billion dollars he's spending on Avatar two. No one cares. But there is collectively like twelve, maybe thirteen people who are dying for an Alita two. Man, come on, what are you doing? It's good fucking around with the blue tall guys. But I'm just I've saying, already like, seen Smurfs. You can't. It's not possible to make a film like Gremlins anymore. You can't risk because the finances. But there's no risk to it, mm-hmm. and there's no like. There's no co- there's no cocaine executive being together. like, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be a hit, baby. And then he Mo- does movies coke aren't off what they prostitute. used to be, and that's not just a thing about they cost so much and they take three hours to watch and they just can't be what they were. And they're CGI'd by like a billion people instead of like a little handful of dorks. Well, and that's like everyone looks at the Jurassic Park thing. They went from being actual animatronics to being CGI'd and you can tell the difference. Hmm. Like the entire franchise has kind of suffered as a result. So what you're saying is it's a good thing the monkeys were incompetent. (laughs) Thank God the monkeys just said no. Monkey incompetence. (laughs) At least we don't have to think about what this episode's called. I've I've got names. So I've got these notes here. (laughs) Um, um, homework question. Homework Fuck, question. I almost forgot. I've, I've, I've changed it slightly. Oh, yeah? From what you wanted. Shit. Okay, go on. Because... My answer I, still might work. It will. Because I feel like your your thing was too on the nose about what the best fictional sidekick character was. It was Pet. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I've gone with which one you would want. Uh, I wouldn't want any product, like, good ones. <laughs> But, well, you can still go for a good one. I, but still, I, just, I, like... I still have an answer I'm happy with. Okay. Uh, anyway. Shoot. So, I immediately I made a beeline for Disney. They have the most semi-competent, non-really attractive... I just I, I said it in a way that came off like slavery yesterday, but what, what they've got is a perfect balance of, like, brains and consciousness, but also complete, uh, like, devotion to their protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, it's, it's a bit like slavery, but it's voluntary, okay? So I was like, that's a good idea, because every other one is like a gremlin, and it always has terrible consequences. Um, so I went with Zazu from Lion King, because as far as I know, he doesn't eat or poop or do any of the things the birds do that make a mess. He can talk, and he's also like, like an assistant, yeah, but he's a bitch. He's a catty bitch. You'd laugh if he was being a smartass. I think he's... If, he helps if organize kingdoms. He can help me figure out what bins I'm supposed to put out on the Tuesday. Or the Monday afternoon. The one that I tell you guys up. Yeah, but wouldn't it be... Because I have a system. Yeah, but wouldn't it be handy if, like, a bird was useful? <laughs> See, Iago, I could understand. Who the fuck is he? Oh, that's the Gilbert Godfrey one. Yeah. Oh, see, he's scheming though. He's way more scheming. Yeah, but you're like an evil bad boy. That makes more sense. You know, Gilbert Godfrey is the voice of God in Smiling Friends. You know, Gilbert Godfrey reading Fifty Shades of Grey is one of the funniest things on the internet. No, him doing that fucking webcam cameo where he says Nana's is a piss goblin is pretty high on that list. True. I will accept that. As he did a lot of good cameos. It's like, I'm Gilbert Godfrey and I'm pissing and shitting and cum. <laughs> Great. Someone paid for that. Good 
Gilbert Godfrey is just like, I have. Is he your answer? Voice. No. Okay. I don't fucking want it, y'all. What the shit is that? Yeah, everything I would want is like super dangerous and stupid, like a turret from Portal. Yeah, that's just Bulbasaur. See, I didn't want to go with Pokemon because they would destroy things all the time. Cynical just naps. He's a fucking fire hazard. He's literally fire. I'm a pyromaniac. That sounds like great for me. Bulbasaur's handsome, but I'd have to like take it out in the sun because it would like what about it would um photosynthesis. Toy Story. He wouldn't talk to me. You don't take Bulbasaur for a walk. It's a fucking staffy. He had a chunk. Um, what was the other one you said? The little green alien. Oh, well, he wouldn't talk to me. He'd pretend he's a toy. Yeah. Useless. Easy to take care of. Yeah. First. What's your answer with then? with Miko. Okay. Oh. Because he's, he's good parts cheeky. Uh-huh. No consequence of gremlin. He's green, right? No, it's a, a raccoon. Record. Holy shit, I mixed him up with the hummingbird. <laughs> oh my god, I combined them. I do like, I'd look, if I get both of them, like, package deal, uh-huh. I like it. Okay. This is why I'm choosing Miko. Okay. Mischievous. Steals biscuit. No gremlin. Yep. Much snack. Hey, yeah, bring you a, a biscuit. The two of us just eat our way through the day. <clears throat> Great. If I get the package deal of including Flip. Would stop us from just eating until we fell asleep and make us actually douchey. Because, hmm. you know, you got to have a responsible one in every friendship group. But also, I have a love for raccoons that almost got me killed once. We don't have them in our country, so they're exciting. They're so cute. They're I don't s- care if it has rabies. You know what? Kangaroos are over-fucking-rated, and koalas have, like, STDs. I like koalas. They're okay. They have too many thumbs, which is cool to look at on. Oh, I know, but have you heard a koala make noise? No, I remember possums trying to mate in the tree out in front of my I'll, I'll show you koala sucks. noises later. <laughs> Just... It's like a walkie that's having some sort of epileptic fit. It's no it also got little Tasmanian tigers, also full of STDs. Yeah, I didn't want to pick Pokemon, and it felt racist to pick any of the species from our Monster Masume episode. Also, I judge you. They're not pets, technically. They're sentient beings. Yeah, man. Could you claim... I felt bad Green about any, Lantern, like, cat girls. On... Um, the, the squirrel one? Badge? Yeah. I don't know. How sentient is he? Could you... Would you he's pick... still dumb enough to get hit by a truck. Would you pick Dexter? I thought about it, but he's mean. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't go down well. He is. He's a dick, and he probably wouldn't get along with your cats. Yeah, but if I could choose any animal, I wouldn't choose you. Fucking, I wouldn't choose that shit. What about Pascal? He wears dresses. I don't even remember the movie he's from, man. You remember that one quote, though. Oh, fucking, yeah, okay, so it's Tangled. How <laughs> <laughs> about Peggy Bundy? That woman's not living on her own. These are, these are all bad pets. See, this is a hard question. Somehow this was harder for me than name a bunch of Star Sapphire candidates. Wonderful. Nap time. And that brings us to Christmas. Oh, <laughs> uh, we should probably mention for the first time in like three and a half, four years, we've decided we're taking Christmas holidays. Yeah, we're going to take a break so we can do Christmas and I can catch back up on my notes and research and also... We get to go on a honeymoon. Yeah, we're doing a field trip. 
Adventuring. It's important to go out and find things to inspire some episodes. So, I'll be wearing those cool explorer hats as I meander my way through Junk Street, Akihabara. Were you? Yeah, you know, like the one that the fucking little mustache dude from Tarzan was. Pith helmet? Or is, On that note, no, ladies Pith's and gentlemen, a, we will see you. That's the white stuff in an orange. Next year. Yeah, have a good year, have a good Christmas, read a comic, watch a movie, play a video game. Live large, live long and prosper. You know, I did I did the thing. Yeah. Can you do this thing? I, I the amount of things I could do can fill a room, frankly. Okay. Well let's go and put that to the test. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, do all the magical things. If we didn't say that already. Class for 2022 is dismissed.